Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This is part one of a special two-part episode. We are thrilled to have this guest and had so much to talk about that we couldn't contain it all in one. So enjoy part one. But I re-listened to the one with Jack the Stripper and I was like, God damn it. Oh my God, that was such a fun episode. You know, I got, somebody psyched me out at the Dyke March because there was somebody who had an umbrella that was like, sex work is real work. And these girls behind me were like, do you think that's Jack? Oh my God. And I was like, where? And I'm like, no, that's not her. I'm like, sorry, ladies. Sorry, um, I know her, so yeah. I just thought I'd go say hi to my Best friends. friends. We're, but. Kind of, we're kind of friends. Um, yeah, and you know what? I'll, I'll just text her. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. She'll send a selfie. It'll be yeah. yeah. I, have, I have a number. We've swapped pins. Yeah. We've swapped enamel pins. Swapping pins in our world is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, oh. that's the kind of marriage, right? Yeah, it kind of is. It's, it's commonwealth for sure. Common law, what do they call it? I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that is bursting with BDE. That's big dildo energy. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Sarah York. And today we'll be diking out with writer Vita Ayala about comics. Uh, Vita has written for DC Comics, Black Mask Studios, Vault Comics, and Valiant Comics. That's a lot of comics. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's all more comics than I've ever written. Yeah. Uh, And I also want to throw in a bit from their bio. They live in Brooklyn with their wife and cat sons. And I love that. Vita, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. How many cats? Being here. Two cats? Uh oh. Slightly more complicated, than two. but like not. So, <laughs> nine uh, cats. There are two cats in our apartment. Uh-huh. And then um, I had a cat before we got married, uh-huh. before we got together, uh, who now lives with my mom. Oh, okay, uh, great. Uh, so, so an extended cats. family yeah. of cats. That's cool. Yeah. They're good boys. Yeah. A few quick things before we, we get into it. Uh, thanks to everybody who bought the Dyke Out With Me shirts. Uh, we don't really make money off them or anything, mm-hmm. but it brings us a lot of joy to see people wearing them. So if you've got a shirt, take a picture and tag yeah. us because it makes me smile and then I show everybody. Um, also, if you haven't got one yet, you can still get one on Tee Public. We're selling them. We have another shirt coming out on the way that's going to be the Ellen DeGeneres uh, Lord of the Lesbian one. Yes. But we just, you know, there, there's a lot going on, you guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you become our patron on Patreon, you can get tattoos, a pin, and exclusive content like the recording of our live show that we had during Pride Week. Yes. So that'll be up there and you can listen. One of our patrons in Hong Kong sent us the cutest care package. Uh, from Hong Kong and if you're listening and you're wondering am I um, like Diking Out's favorite listener? You are. Uh, well, the one in Hong Kong is. <laughs> yeah, the rest yeah, of you yeah. are not. The, no. Not, uh, not saying that, that you can buy our love <laughs> but it, it worked in this case. Yes, so thank definitely. you. That package was amazing. That was very nice. That was so thoughtful and wonderful. Uh, BDE. So dumb. <laughs> I I've been seeing it around. I finally I looked changed at my what Twitter name to it. Did you? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I gotta, I gotta get on this stupid Twitter. You know, how, like things are funny on Twitter for like five minutes. Yeah, like joke formats kind of come and go. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was funny, and I was joke like, joke formats come and go, but BDE is forever. It really is. It <laughs> if you really got is. it. You got it. Uh... <laughs> and if you have to ask, you don't. <laughs> Beyonce got it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I know it's just, I, it's very I know it's silly. a fun thing, but I'm a no fun person. And it's it's, it's a very <laughs> silly thing. And I think we need to stop tying personality attributes to the size of genitals because yeah. I don't believe that correlation exists. My right. favorite yeah. thing about this is that I hang out on Black Twitter a lot because uh, I'm because I'm black, and <laughs> they uh, someone who was it? I'll look it up after, but uh, and and I'll apologize 
uh, to him <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but he did the entire Marvel like MCU and and what their um, level of yes. BD oh is. Oh my god! And it was it was hilarious because the the ladies definitely had bigger dick energy oh, than course. everyone else. I was oh, like, yeah. this is beautiful. Like Black Mariah, just it was like intergenerational big dick energy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, that's correct. Like it was, it was. I appreciate people taking the time to do something like that. Like that's great. (laughs) That's amazing. I saw it done for Riverdale today, which I still haven't gotten into. (laughs) I watched the I watched the first episode of Riverdale, and I would like to watch more. I just I'm running low on guilty pleasure time, guys. Yeah, it's like I forgot. Is Riverdale like a like a? Is there a supernatural element to that show? It's like if you took Twin Peaks and like. Dawson's Creek and put oh, them together. Okay, like that's okay. what it is, but it's Archie. Yeah. So because it's based on like comic stuff, like uh-huh. sometimes there is, and I know they're doing a Sabrina show, but I don't know, like the Teenage Witch. Uh-huh. Yes. But I don't know if it's like in the same universe. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. I hope oh. so. Hmm. That would be interesting. If I, didn't if hear I that could part. do it. Yeah. <laughs> it would be in the same universe. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. So many. I, also, Daria's coming back. I don't what? even know if I can unpack I know. that right I, now. I haven't actually researched that. I didn't think that was real. I thought it was rumor. And I was like, don't play with me like this. And I just kept <laughs> scrolling. I was like, I, I need to see more before I before I bite. I'm not clicking a, on your article. Okay? Yeah. A friend from <laughs> high school sent me a message about it and was like, I always think of you when I think of Daria, I'm like, oh, it must have been all that enthusiasm I had <laughs> as a teenager. Uh, no, I, lackluster I, participation in gym class. <laughs> no, but that's if that's true, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one that, you know, cartoons, I can root for a, yeah. a reboot of that. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you. I mean, unless, unless they have any sort of, like, problematic actor attached to them, but I don't think, I don't even know who... It's, Roseanne Barr is the voice right. of Daria. <laughs> oh, that's the catch. <laughs> I knew she wouldn't stay out of work for long. They're like... <laughs> Kellyanne Conway is Jane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be so sad. Sean Spicer could be that teacher who's always on the edge of like a nervous oh, breakdown. The, the, or the, or Scaramucci, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the mooch. I don't know. Just oh, the whole God. cast of characters. A, oh, this is darkest This timeline. is the worst. <laughs> no, thank you. Never mind. I was going to go to FlameCon and go in uh, 50-50 on a table with, with somebody nice. who was looking for somebody to partner with. And then I realized that's when I'm in Buffalo for the Beyonce concert. Oh, my God. Well, you know I'm what? At least it's Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to miss something, at least it's Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, Did your, you ticket, your tickets haven't come in, right? Like, you got it all Oh, my God. Mine haven't come in yet. <laughs> that was you. Guess <laughs> what? You guys, I'm not even kidding. I'm, no, like, really? not even telling people that I'm going to the concert because what if it falls through? I still haven't gotten them. Seriously? Granted, I'm not expected to get them, and the, and it from well, the beginning it's she told didn't me, buy them from Ticketmaster. I didn't buy them from Ticketmaster. She got them from like I panicked and Ticket. I thought Russia. It's called. Send us. Listen, I did research. I did a lot of research after I bought them, <laughs> which is the best way to spend six hundred dollars in five seconds. You know what? That's <laughs> actually not bad. It's it's actually if they not. Come, <laughs> that's if not they bad. if. If they don't come, they then it's six hundred dollars for literally nothing. Um, for the pre excitement, but they told it said on it after I like came to and realized what I did. It said I literally like I basically Your it was like state? a blackout. <laughs> like I was like ah! just like click click confirm yes 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 like <laughs> yeah so many phone taps and five you know seconds later I had spent a lot of money and <laughs> I and then it said you I will receive them July twenty sixth and the show is July thirtieth. That's so a I'm like. You guys are making me. Why, this is, is. Are they sending checked. you real tickets? Yes. So yeah. basically, it's a it's a service um, called Event Center Tickets, and I did look them up. I could not find a single complaint about them on Twitter. I looked up every possible hashtag. I looked up their actual uh, handle. Um, I googled it. It had like good review. Like it, it, I I couldn't find anything indicating. So it should be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's you would think people would freak out on Twitter if it was like oh, Twitter is where you find yeah. all the like. Yeah. Don't fall for this scam kind of yeah. thing. So it's going to be fine, but it's basically one of a service that pre-sells tickets knowing that it's going to buy them from, basically buy them on the secondhand market. It's it's much like StubHub, I guess, but oh, okay. it's like a... Adding another It's a layer. broker, essentially. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's another layer of <laughs> bullshit. It's StubHub with another fee. Like wow. these companies, all they're doing is like, hey, I see you, StubHub. This, my company is the exact same. 
but I have another fee, like Ugh, another it. $9 dollars it. per ticket. It. It's oh crazy. God. It's more than $9. It's more than that. The fees, I will say the fees added about $150 oh, to, shit. to the, so the price yeah. I, that was you like know, my agreed to, I was like, yes. And then yeah. I was like, whoa. And I was like, you know what? I'm already, I'm too far in. I got to do no, it. No, that's such I a had fallacy. To do it. Like I, I know. I've committed so much time yeah, in my but like, But yes. I wanted them and I was like, Ooh, and I just like ugh, I just did it so it's happening <laughs> I've been there Janelle Monet was between ugh. two tickets 50 bucks in, in, in fees. fees we're yeah. just worth it we're just there's killing a you reason, like Ticketmaster <laughs> these is... brags about our, our concert tickets I know listen <laughs> I gotta tell you though like so my wife got to see Beyonce for free because <gasps> a friend of hers I think I think it's her friend that works for NPR but like just had an extra ticket and so she just got to go to that concert so nothing you can wow. say can hurt me yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, I, like, I have no. experienced the she ultimate. She was actually touching out on the shoulder by Beyonce in a bar as well, which is bonkers. What? Like, is, like is that why you like, married her? Yeah. yeah. Yes. To be this close. That's to God. a lot of good Beyonce fortune to come to one person. That's yeah. I think she was touched first and yeah. then got this free ticket. Like that's that's how it right. happens. Yeah. Like. God she was like anointed. Yeah. <laughs> a light came down. Oh like. my God, that's amazing. So real quick though, I often forget that I experienced this and I don't know why, but I actually did see Beyonce live. <laughs> so I, the first time this is, so, I don't know why I never recall this experience. Cause I truly don't remember much of it. I don't know why, like my brain doesn't really hold on to memories from like high school. Mm. High school was fine. I had a good time. I just don't remember much of it. So yeah. I came to New York for the first time. Um, when I was going to a, the national student council conference in, oh. uh, <laughs> I think it was actually in Buffalo, but we are. That was the one that we were both at together. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We didn't know each if other. If only we would have known where <laughs> our lives would be taking us. We are at the University of Buffalo at the same, uh, the student, same council. student council national conference. Oh, Nerd alert. And I dig it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so they took us on like a three day trip to New York City before going up to Buffalo. And in that time, we went, of course, we went to the Today Show at five o'clock in the morning. And it was during the summer concert series when we're Destiny's Child at the time. This was 2003. uh, So, uh, still the three of them together. Yeah. But not So, yeah. But I do remember, my only memory is seeing her on the stage. And we're pretty far away, seeing her on the stage. She had like this long hair and was just like getting the crowd all pumped up. Of course, they only did like two songs because it was for like the little segment or whatever. But yeah, so technically, I have seen Beyonce live. And now you will again. Now I will again in Philadelphia, hopefully, if my weird, (laughs) shady, back alley internet ticket connection comes Mm. through. Man. It will. It must, because otherwise what's happening is that anyone that would complain is being taken out. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So lock your doors and windows. Otherwise, I'm going on like a total like Arya from Game of Thrones, like... (laughs) I'm going to whisper a list of everyone responsible for my misfortune every night before I go to bed. You're going to count to uh, 600 every night. Yeah. I'm going to start a whole other podcast devoted to taking down this event center ticket thing. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, speaking of BDE, someone who thinks they have it, uh, but they don't, decided to publicly and anti-Semitically troll our past guest of the podcast. That is true. Talia Levin, um, mm-hmm. he has all the evil of Stephen Miller, but none of the charm is... <laughs> Milo Milo. Oh, Milo Yiannopoulos. 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 He's the worst. Um, You know, I I just can't understand to be a human and be like, I've decided as a human being to spend my time, my limited time on this earth, just trying to make other people feel bad Mm -hmm. and to upset people and to bring people pain and frustration. And that's what I want to do with my time. And I think that that's yeah. a, a worthy cause and he, and he'll never stop because that's what got him famous. And this is what the right considers funny and humor mm-hmm. is trolling. And it's a very weird thing. It's not just the right. That's what, I mean, he, he appeals to every 12 year old dude that plays games. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, yeah. not all of them. I, I shouldn't make that sweeping generalization, but, but the ones you think of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you think of it. Yeah. I, I think, and he's such a good example of, the these these oftentimes obviously these conservative people who build this brand and then it's almost like I'm not trying to excuse I'm not trying to say that this isn't all really him like it's not like well it's not him it's his brand absolutely it's him but the when the brand becomes like this unstoppable you have to be this like this just terrible terrible troll 
that's what that is. Like that's that's Ann Coulter's had a twenty five year career on yeah. that. It, she has she's how many books has she sold? I mean, she's she does that. Um, Dana Loesch, that NRA sure. spokesperson, who's the worst. Oh my god! It's like these Tommy these Laren, you know yeah, yeah these right. conservatives who can't. There's usually there's usually some part of their history where people will people who knew them would say, oh yeah, she tried she auditioned for this and this and this didn't yeah. get it. So then when you can't make it in the mainstream, all of a sudden they build they craft this. That's right wing. It's so exhausting. And it's like, at what point does that, where does that end for you? Like, what's the end game? I'm pretty sure Milo Milo Yiannopoulos is broke. I've heard he has nothing because he's, he's, his income source is a thrive. He PayPal'd Talia. He did, yeah. He trolled her by sending her money, but then it's like, but you sent her money. Like, she has your money now. And she donated it to, she donated it to, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love her. Yeah. 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 That's my favorite thing. Like, uh, there's a big movement. Uh, with the loud minority of terrible people in comics right now. Um, and one of the things that they do is they'll buy your comic and then burn it. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, You're like That's great. you, you understand it. that, <laughs> like, thank you for the check, but also, like, you do yeah. understand that they exist f- digitally now. You right. can't, like, burning books is symbolically like what like a nightmare but yeah i can just it used to serve a real purpose yeah Yeah. to pull these books out of circulation right and destroy them but now it's like this is you can just download it yeah i can just print it again like like the company has that power (laughs) you can't take that from them Um, like it's it's in the interwebs now (laughs) like what are you doing go scream your opinions into a well (laughs) it's the best i watch them uh i i don't usually give any any of my spoons to these people, but sometimes mm. people will send me like a link or like a picture. And there's a picture of someone who went to their local comic book store and bought all of whatever book it was. I'm not, again, I'm not going to give them mm-hmm. the oxygen um, and just burned like 50 copies. And it's like that store th- now will buy more of the next Right. Issue they're just going to really think that people really want yeah. them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> sold out. Let's keep buying it, them. It's uh, literally like a plot in season, what, three of uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, where they. <laughs> They give all the NFL teams offensive names so that people buy the jerseys and burn them. Oh, yeah, that's funny. That's exactly what they do. Yeah. It's, it's that's the way to make money. Really owning us. Like, yeah. I, who oh, who do they hate? I don't even know. Spending money and, and on my own, and then burning, destroying my own property to own the libs. Yeah, like, all right, what cool. But well, that was the Starbucks thing of going to Starbucks and telling them to write whatever it was on, on the mm. cups. Yeah, I feel oh, it was so Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Weren't they yeah. making Starbucks yeah. employees write Merry Christmas on the cups? Because that was that year that Starbucks, their it holiday was cup red. was just the red. Yeah. 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 What Which, horror. Yeah. I uh, can't think of a way to really. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when that yeah. was in the news cycle for more than a day? Oh, Ugh. my God. <laughs> I, I look fondly back on yeah, those memories yeah. of, being, of being so confused right. about them hating a color so yeah. much. It's there. A war on Christmas. Yeah. War on Christmas. <laughs> oh, man. My personal yeah. war on Christmas is never going home for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh. that's a war I've been waging for a long time. So Imana Hosseini and Jess Solomon have a, um, a little comic, actually, that they post on Instagram under the L. Solomons. And mm-hmm. it's done in watercolor, and it's very funny. And I love it. And they posted one today where it was like Iman making a sign for a protest and it was like uh democracies don't break up families thanksgiving dinners do yeah <laughs> so true uh <laughs> Ooh, i like that <laughs> <Real>. yeah <laughs> um speaking of political activism mm-hmm. i did the dyke march for don't hate me the first time this year yay um, that's okay you know i've Welcome. never i've never done the dyke march because i kind of forget Mm-hmm. That that it's around and and it's like a I don't know um, I don't know if like every I don't remember Atlanta having one when I lived there and that was when I did more more pride stuff but uh, the Dyke March is the best thing and mm-hmm. I recommend it and it made me kind of not want to go to the Pride Parade because it's not corporate and it's political but not in like politicians paying to walk with their signs yep. and all of their um, you know volunteers mm-hmm. and and people who work for them which is like that's fine i know politicians need want to show that they're like allies there for, or whatever. Yeah, yeah allies blah, blah, blah. Yeah. but this is like dykes it's just uh, <laughs> like trans people yeah. pansexuals you know there were i almost like teared up at one part there was a, a gay guy 
uh, on the side with a sign that was like, we support our gay sisters. And like, you know, you don't, you don't feel that much love. Like you don't see that kind of stuff at the pride parade. And, um, you know, there are women with just like their tits out and like just with two fucks to give. And, just seeing the reaction of like tourists and people who are like just trying to cross the street That's great. is wonderful. And everybody was like being awesome and friendly and like positive and everybody had their own like political causes mm-hmm. that they were, um, you know, supporting. I got interviewed by a, a reporter from Tokyo. So we're going to cool. be big in Japan. I'm really excited <laughs> about that. And uh, Cecilia and I got a picture of us making out uh, by Vanity Fair, and we're featured in Vanity Fair. So what? I know That's it was. Cool. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, well, so w- w- we were walking, and then uh, I think I've talked about it on the show. So it's really big into the PDA. So she <laughs> she kissed me, and um, so I had a sign that said uh, "I love my immigrant wife," and it was like a rainbow heart, and then. Uh, right at the beginning, somebody was selling these flag kind of capes, like they had sleeves mm-hmm. you could put your arm in to walk in it. So she got one of those. We were both wearing the Dyke Out With Me shirt. We were super gay. Yeah. <laughs> she had her Dyking Out tattoo on. We were passing out tattoos to people. And um, so she leans over to kiss me, and this photographer snaps a picture. And then she said, hey, uh, do you mind like writing down your names for Vanity Fair? And we're like, oh do you need us to pose again? Yeah. And then we're just like <laughs> different angles. Yeah. yeah. We were that's working great. We're like, we need to get. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. In the Vanity Fair. So man, I missed out. I did not go to the Dyke March, uh, but I did go to the, the parade the next day. Um, it was fun. It was the first time I'd actually, ugh, I'm the worst. It was the first time I'd done that in a few years. Cause I work in restaurants and like every year it's like, I get scheduled to work and blah, blah, blah. This year I took it off and uh, went with a bunch of friends it was fun. It's just like it reminded me that I not I don't do well in like heat with alcohol all day. Mm-hmm. Like I think I only lasted I was I got there at like 12:30 and I ended up just at one point just doing what I do. My favorite move is to set my drink down and just leave without like Yes. <laughs> like I I was like, "Hmm, I'm done here." And I like like I just I was too hot. Dehydrated. Yeah, I've been drinking beer all day. It was just like I was. I couldn't hang anymore past like six thirty. But I feel like at an event like that, around six o'clock or seven is kind of the time when everyone's like, "All right," like like people are getting kind of drunk and it starts getting a little crazy. But it was it was cool. The my favorite part, as always, was seeing uh, like so many families there and little Mm -hmm. kids who were so excited to have that. You know, they get to have their flags and all that stuff. Like kids love that kind of stuff. It's I like so seeing cool. the dogs too. The dogs yeah, there were so like many cute dogs. Yeah. Subjected to stuff that yeah. PETA might not be cool with, but right. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of died for, but I like it. Yeah. It was, uh, it, I was, like it was cool. Chihuahuas with rainbow mohawks. I know. Right. <laughs> it was a long parade this year. Yes. It, I feel like it lasted forever. Last year it was over nine hours. Oh my. Wow. I think it was that this yeah. year too. Yeah. Well, so they were t- they reversed the route because they were trying to plan for next year is going to be like uh, some big anniversary and like a global pride celebration. So I think it's going to be the fiftieth next year, right? The fiftieth, yeah. yeah. So people gonna are crazy going to be coming in from all over the world for wow. that. Wow! So, so like I'm New York, oh, I can't wait. Vo- yeah. Avoiding that completely. Yeah, that is yeah. so much. That's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we should road trip down to Atlanta. I, was say, I might Atlanta just Airbnb in my apartment and like Ooh, charge right? a lot yeah. and then go somewhere else. I would like to see how other cities do pride. I've experienced Chicago, this is years ago, probably honestly almost like 10 years ago. It was awesome. Um, but I would love to go down to like one of the cities like near a beach because I'm mm. sure that's a blast. Atlanta Pride has a lot of swag. So yeah. the companies are there, but if you're going to be there as a company, give away shit. All yeah. right? Yeah. Kimberly I want Clark. LED flashlights. Yeah. I want a mouse pad. I yeah. don't know. Nobody uses those anymore. <laughs> Kimberly those Clark in Atlanta yeah. was giving away toilet paper, but not just like a roll of toilet paper, like <laughs> six packs of toilet paper that I was like making runs and Absolutely. stocking up my apartment. I'm like, you are giving away. Like, no, six I'm here packs to run toilet errands. paper? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm shopping right now. <laughs> Delta was giving away like drink coupons for, Ooh, for flights. Um, you know, Home Depot was giving out multi-purpose tools. Smart. <laughs> right? Yeah. That is the gayest thing I yeah, can think yeah. of, actually. Yeah. And measuring. <laughs> multi-purpose <laughs> tools. That's great. It would, I, I would leave Pride with bags. Yeah. Like multiple bags of like. Yeah, it's nice that we finally got to the point where, like, (laughs) it's not pride. It's not just lube. It's not just lube. Uh, We got to the point where corporations are just falling all over themselves to like be cool and have their rainbow thing. I mean, I think we've come to a point where like they have to acknowledge that like the black dollar and the gay dollar are what make the world go round. And like they still green. Those dollars are green. Not only are they green, (laughs) we spend more. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) So like, I. Call it pandering. If you can outfit your apartment, I guess that's yeah. great. <laughs> like, if you don't have to buy toilet paper for six months, yeah, I think that's yeah. awesome. Here's my one issue. So, you know, you can throw up all the, the rainbow stuff, mm-hmm. but like what what's in it for me, right? So <laughs> Shake Shack in Madison Square Park was decked out for pride, yep, hanging rainbow flags. flags everywhere, wrapped in rainbows. Where's the express line for gays? <laughs> I was hungry after my shows the other night. I wanted a hamburger, and there was a, you know a line just going out the park. I'm like, where is my express line for being gay during Pride Month? It's straight up homophobic not to have it, absolutely it during is. Pride. It like, absolutely it's is. Just, Thank I you. I mean, I feel like... Thank you. I mean, I don't know what we can do to prove... I mean, I, I sort of feel like I prove it, but like, I... Yeah, I think Danny Meyer needs a strongly worded letter. Listen, yes. sir, your company... And your burgers, although great, are not easily accessible to me during the month of June. And I he's think that's probably bullshit. listening. Yeah, he totally listens. This yeah. is his favorite podcast. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Uh, we should get to our topic of comments. Before we do, though, can I just say I will follow uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wherever she goes. And I was so yes. happy I got to vote for her. And she won. And I cried like a baby all night. And That's great. Um, must yep. be something about her that she is getting people this excited that, y- yes, Whoever it's annoying like that they're ringing my buzzer like yeah, yeah. all the time. It's annoying. But like nobody rang my buzzer for... Joe Crowley, who, yeah, you know, he's because they're just but, counting on the same, the status quo, the same thing yeah. all the time, and it takes someone young and someone who represents the like who actually looks like a member of the community, yes, and who you know, it's just, I mean, it's, it's also it's, speaking it's, the same language, right? Like, yeah, you can't. You can't be the kind of person that tells me if I just stop drinking coffee and eating avocados, I'll have a house. Like, right. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually bonkers. Why aren't millennials yeah. buying diamonds? <laughs> yeah. Why aren't they having children? Because I because I can't afford it. We can't afford it. <laughs> I can't afford anything. I can't even afford avocados. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And so like. It, it, my as toast well is intention. dry. Yeah, my to- it's just I just it's just butter. Okay. Yeah, I just pull up a picture of avocados on my like laptop and eat that. Like dry toast. When I was in college, I would. It was very. It was. It was a dry time. Yeah, yeah. And I would watch the Food Network and eat my bowl of oatmeal. Of course. Um, yeah. Just, I was like Guy Fieri, like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think her campaign is is fascinating and i think it's fantastic and uh in the district in williamsburg williamsburg slash bushwick where i'm moving to uh julia and julia salazar is running a very similar situation where she's trying to unseat an incumbent democrat so that's a tough one williamsburg yeah. is uh it's heavily gentrifying in some of the it, oh I was yeah i mean her, it was bright red during the election i mean right. i don't know if you saw those maps but i was like ah yeah. I won't be moving there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I stopped by her campaign office today because I'm moving right now and I had all these office supplies and I had a printer that was brand new that I'd never used. So I brought all that to her. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. I was like, you know awesome. what? I'm going to do it. I was like, I like her. I'm looking up her, where her, her office is and it was really close. So anyway, I was looking at the map of her district and it's like pretty much encompasses like the really, uh, like the wealthier white ultra gentrified parts of Williamsburg right smack in the middle of where I work. Um, so, and I know that neighborhood, I know that demographic, it's going to be, it's going to be tough because it's, we're talking about people who are very comfortable and Mm -hmm. comfortable people don't get off their ass and why would you make waves? (laughs) Why would they? Yeah. So I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one, but I look forward to volunteering for a campaign and contributing as well. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. 
comics. Yes, comics, comics, <laughs> comics. Talking about politics all day. Yeah, no, and, uh, and, politics, and they are so interwoven. Angry. I think <laughs> they are. That is mm-hmm. uh, that's. If I was running for office, that's my platform. The right. Comics, com- comics, and art are oh, you would inherently have co- political. You would have the coolest like visual <laughs> aspect of your campaign. Yeah, with all the art. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. If only I could draw. I have a lot of friends I could draw. I could pay them. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into to comics? Let's start there. Sure. Uh, as a reader, um, I got into comics pretty young. I didn't learn how to like read, read until I was way older than most of the other people in my class, um, just because I'm very good at... Can I curse on this podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really good at bullshitting. Like mm-hmm. I've always been really good at it, so I could just skate by that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't learn how to read until I was about 10 or 11. Um, but when I was much younger... Um, that was back when they had spinner racks and like bodegas and supermarkets of comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes my mom would be gracious and, and buy us some comic books just to shut us up, I'm sure. Just like, <laughs> just be quiet. Um, and so, yeah, uh, there was a spinner rack in my local Korean bodega and uh, there was a comic book. I remember it so clearly. What, what got my attention was there was something shiny there because children are like crows. <laughs> um, but I turned and there was like this really shiny X-Men comic, uh, which I also bought at the time. It was like hollow foil and mm. rainbow color, of course, mm, yeah. rainbow colored. And it had like Storm and Bishop and Jubilee, like all of the like 90s X-Men, oh, yeah. um, which were all brown, just happened to be brown people. Yeah. Um, and then below it was a Wonder Woman comic. And I, uh, for an embarrassingly long time, thought that Wonder Woman was Puerto Rican. And so I was like, <laughs> I, want, I want both of these. And my mom was like, I think, sure. that's, I think fair. that's fine. Listen, first of all, she says Ola all the time in the yeah. old comics, just like constantly. And they've never explained that. Right. Yeah. Second of all, Puerto Ricans come, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a darker Puerto Rican, but we, we come in all shades from very fair right. to, sure. to, you know, pitch black and she like had like coochie cutting shorts with stars on them and like yeah. a right. halter top with like a gold eagle and like bangles and a tiara it i was kind like of makes yeah. this is sense. my cousin yeah. now i'm this like 100%. i'm convinced that they did the movie wrong because she she should have been a puerto rican, rican. she yeah. should have yeah. been a puerto rican and and also and this is my little child mind making connections right so like <laughs> she comes from an island of very powerful women and i'm mm-hmm. like yep that's yeah. puerto rico and then linda carter who played her on TV, which I knew just because my mom is a huge nerd. So I grew up with a bunch of nerd stuff. Uh, Linda Carter's half Mexican. And so I was like, well, Puerto Rican, this is me at like six or seven. Puerto <laughs> Ricans never get to play anyone on television. Even if they're Puerto Rican, they get someone else to play it. So clearly they just got a Mexican to play a Puerto right. Rican. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, so I saw that and I was like, give me, give me this. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, and I, I couldn't read them, but I made up all the stories. I would look through the pictures and, and make up the stories. And then I think that year for Christmas, my parents got me this Fisher-Price graphic novel. Fisher-Price just took like existing graphic novels uh-huh. and put them in a package with a cassette tape of someone reading the words. And then, huh. and it was awesome. It was 1001 Arabian Nights. So okay. again, brown people. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And like... You know, all and it was it was truer to the to the stories than like any Disney stuff would be. Although Aladdin's my favorite thing of all time, don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> and so I'd sit there and like I'd listen to the stories and then I'd make up my own. Um, and that coupled with again being Puerto Rican, uh, we have a very strong oral tradition, storytelling tradition. Sure, just kind of indoctrinated me into wanting to tell my own stories. And so when I learned how to read, I immediately started writing and it was all bad fan fiction. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, and like, like self insert for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just 10 yeah. year old me, like I like Xena. I'm going to put myself in this a hundred percent. Yeah. I was going to say uh, Xena, a lot of red flags in the story is yeah. the gayest thing. And it's, it's ridiculous. A lot of like, rainbow flags waving around. Yeah, this just, story. <laughs> just like glitter. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then as a writer, um, for a very long time, I didn't understand that you could write a comic without drawing it. And I cannot draw. Most of my siblings are visual artists. Some are, some are writers. But of course, I'm a writer because I want to be able to draw. Yeah. And so um, I grew up reading a lot of manga mm-hmm. because yeah. it, it was a lot more for a lot less money. Mm-hmm. Um, and manga cause, for the most part, as far as I knew at the time, they drew and wrote it. So I was like, oh, I can't do this. So I I wrote a lot of prose and and I told a lot of stories out loud. And then uh, when I was 19, I started working at Forbidden Planet over in Union Square. I worked uh, in Forbidden Planet as a comic book shop for about 10 years. And they 
Like, it was the first time that I had full access to a lot of comic books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, up until then, I read, like, three a month because that's all I could afford. That mm-hmm. was my lunch money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then I could just start reading books as they came in, and, and that was part of my job, was, like, knowing what was on the floor. And I was like, oh, shit. Look, the names of the writers and the artists and even the colorists is completely different. That's crazy. And so yeah. I started, I was like, oh, I wonder if I could do my own. Flash forward to 2012, I'm working at Forbidden Planet. Um, with Matthew Rosenberg, uh, who writes for Marvel now, and he's super, super talented and a lovely gentleman. And uh, and I come in every day, and I come in and I write. You know, I get into the basement like a troll, which is what I am, and I write. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, you should pitch to this company." And I was like, "Absolutely not. That's crazy talk." Uh, no, Mm-mm. yeah, Be- because my idea was like, "Oh." I'm going to be walking through the street one day and drop my notebook by accident and someone will pick it up and right. yeah. give me a book deal. That's how it happens. Yeah. That's 100%. <laughs> I grew up in New York. Yeah, exactly. I grew up on all, those... yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. on all that New York nonsense, yeah. right? The Madonna, take uh, me to the, the center New of York everything. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> Just absolutely It's all ridiculous. nonsense. It's all... <laughs> one of the things that I love it and hate about New York City is that it doesn't give a fuck about you. No, yeah, not but at like all. in a good way, in which it's not going to fuck with you. It, and if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. But also, like, it does not care about you. No, like, at all. So I was like, <laughs> hey, if I can make it, then it'll be. But he was like, shut up. Just, yeah, just pitch. And so I pitched to Black Mask actually, and uh, and they like my stuff. And from there, uh, I was introduced to someone at DC, and I took part in the first writer's workshop, which was really, really cool. And it they published my first work. So my first published work was through DC Comics. I got to write Wonder Woman. That, yes! Yeah. What? Yes. yes. Oh, my yes. God. Full I know. circle on that story. <laughs> when, I read, when I read Vita's bio, I was like, I have to have them on, on the podcast. Crazy. This is amazing. Wow. What a badass. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, great! That's awesome. So, so inspiring. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was. Uh, it's like ninety percent just working really hard, never thinking you're going to do it, mm-hmm. and then ten percent being in the right place at the right time. But you have to be ready. You can't just like sure do no work and then be like, just give me what I want. It's like, right? Yeah, no. But you have to be ready, or you have to have parents who are producers. I think, Correct is the Correct. lesson from <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty much all from of so Hollywood, much. or yeah. like. Someone's connected to someone, whatever. Yeah, it's it's so amazing when you have a, a passion and like mm-hmm. something that you're passionate about that you can find a way to translate that into actually working in that environment. Because a lot of people yeah. like would never feel like that's something that they could do or that's possible. But even taking the steps, like you know, if you if you're young and you like movies, like work in a movie theater Mm -hmm, and then, you know, and then or a theater company Mm -hmm. or a theater company. Like that's not going to get you a a Hollywood deal, but it will teach you about the business. It'll teach you about, you know, you'll be able to see free movies. Yeah. You'll be able to like see movies and kind of dissect them for yourself and know what you like and what you don't like and Mm -hmm. refine your tastes and like working, yeah, working in a a comic book shop and being exposed to all that. That's such a, that's such a powerful first Especially comic book shops are such a, uh, a kind of a rare thing these days. Unfortunately. Um, Forbidden Planet's still there, right? Yes. Forbidden Planet will be there for as long as I've been to Carmen Street. I, I've performed comedy at Carmen Street Comics. Carmine's so charming. Yeah. I love Carmine. <laughs> yeah, it's. I actually did a show for one person. <laughs> really? So this uh, Pat Riley, this comic, he uh, bisexual comic actually. I did. Mm-hmm. I did another show of his on Sunday, but he works at the comic store. And then he had a show, and it's a show for one person. So he picks one person, sets up a chair, and then sets up a mic stand in front of it, and you run your whole set to this person. Oh, that's that's cool. baller! That, that, that is cool. a trial by fire, man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, nothing can hurt you after that. You're invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. Wow. I, I mean, the person that he invited when I went, she was a a trooper and mm-hmm. was a good single audience member other than showing up like an hour late but you know right. well you know whatever <laughs> what do you do when you're it's you comedy. have to start you're the really show at their the mercy audience at that shows point. up yeah <laughs> so when you when you were a, like when you first started writing them as a kid were you just were you writing like i don't want to call them spec scripts but like were you writing material existing for existing characters, characters or yeah. were you making up your own characters both and, okay i uh <sighs> I should have known I was gay. Uh, in, <laughs> in, in, uh, I learned how to read in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And so in, I, I skated by for a long time. <laughs> it's impressive. 
<laughs> I also have a degree now in bullshit. I have a Great. philosophy degree, oh, so I'm very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's nice. what I do for a living. Um, no, but a uh, sixth grade Miss Finari's class. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I could not concentrate on anything. Um, but she was our reading teacher, and she handed us notebooks. Like she had us get notebooks, and we decorated the outside. And she was like, "This is your writer's notebook," and. I think it was a combination of like being really impressed with myself that I taught, I taught myself how to read in, in three weeks. Um, and then just having this woman that would like, it was a Catholic school, but she, and so it was mostly nuns, but she would, she was not. And she would walk in and like, like a, like a short summer dress, like just like every day. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'll yeah, do so. whatever you want. Yeah. And so she kept like assigning things and I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would I'm, be in. I'm doing it. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So That's much bad amazing. poetry in that book too. Um, but yeah, she was like, uh, you know, uh, and she'd check over the, the work and she was like, I really like your stuff, but you should write your own stuff too. Like don't, don't lose your passion for, for figuring out how to mm-hmm. use existing characters, but write your own thing. And so I, um, I started small. I started writing wildly fictional stories about my classmates and then it just went on from there that's great um hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So yeah. I, I don't read a lot of comics, but... That's fine. One thing... <laughs> you know, I, I could find you some. Yeah, I, it's not that I think I, I won't like them, it's that... I don't know where to start, because there's well, so many. There's well, a I, million, and it's also its own language. Yeah. It's not yeah. It's not as easy as it's people think. Like, it's a little overwhelming. It's just no. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't often sit down... When, when I read, it's, like, very mission-oriented. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I have to, like, learn about this thing, or, like, somebody recommended it, or this is for a book club, or something like that. Um, but the, the thing that I do know about comics or well one because there's so so many of them is that this introduction of uh queerness and mm-hmm. queer characters and gave a space that where tv shows and movies are more about like oh no we, we have to test this or like this isn't relatable and stuff but one example that i'm f- sort of familiar with and you can correct me if i'm wrong is that the buffy the vampire slayer comics that yeah. came out when the show ended were like continued the queerness yeah, yeah. of the show oh, and really? kind of okay. doubled down on it. Yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, and I'm pretty sure I'm not, I stopped reading it just because there's, a, like you said, there's a million mm-hmm. and I can yeah. only read so much. But uh, when I was reading it, I, I think that Buffy is buying those. Like Buffy they, like, is by. They made yeah, Buffy bisexual. Yeah, like straight up actually just oh, wow. said it after all these goddamn Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do not get yeah. me started. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holy crap. But yeah, no, and and – uh, and there's a lot of good faith stuff too. Um, who's my favorite? Clearly, because she was real rough. <laughs> She's from Boston. <laughs> yeah, ooh, faith. Uh, uh, problematic faith. <laughs> <laughs> problematic. Um, no. Oh, what's her name? The Bianca Larson <laughs> or Lawson. Kendra. Kendra Bianca Lawson, uh, who favorite. has played a teenager <laughs> eighteen times. She's oh, still yeah. playing a teenager. She's, She's like <laughs> forty, isn't she? <laughs> She's uh, aging backwards. That's like, great. I think Good it's for her. Veronica Garza, who has been uh-huh. on the podcast, uh, floated the idea of having a podcast that just has one episode dedicated to every teen role Bianca Lawson has had. And I'm like, if you don't, don't invite I mean, me as that a would guest, be amazing. Yeah. that this. would be incredible. But She's I don't even know what I want to do. I know, wasn't she? Really? Yes, that was like yes, she was Emily's lover. Yeah. <laughs> she's I mean good for uh, her. That's, that's I, I saw amazing. her on PLL I'm like why is Kendra still playing a 16 year old she, she, she's never gonna age 15 years ago <laughs> I'm gonna say this too and this is a slight digression so I'm not gonna go far with it but like <laughs> <laughs> like there are just a, like a, a number of black women where I just like I'm like what the fuck like how Rachel True that, yeah. is like she was 30 when she played Rochelle in the craft she was really? 30 in 1996 so she's 52 Can't. now 
out. She was 30 in that movie? She was 30 GD years old. I was like, whoa. whoa. I was like, I look young for my age, but oh holy. My I was goodness. like, I got it. What moisturizer do you use? That's what wild. carrot juice do you drink? Like, I need to. What? Is there a, a comic for the craft? I know. Oh, I no, I wish. Okay. I, 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 there's a, there I are like, a couple of really good witchy comics. ones. There's one called Spell on Wheels, which is really good. Um, okay. I, you know what? I'll, I'll do the Rex later. I, <laughs> I right. want to pick up your air. Yeah, yeah, okay. There, well, there we'll do Rex some, at the end, yeah. and I, I cannot wait for this because I would love me a You'd witchy comic. You'd be all comic. over a craft comic. There are a bunch of really good witchy comics as well. I'm surprised that I didn't have an Angel Fire website dedicated to the craft. <laughs> That movie that actually does so surprise me probably more than anything about you. I had no. Th- th- this is more surprising. Oh my God, Angel Fire website. Yeah, I had oh, yo. I had a Dawson's Creek Angel Fire website. Okay. Are those still and live? Not the craft. No, they're gone. they're gone. They're on the way way back machine. But yeah. they're a, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Dawson's Creek website. Yeah, back when there were web rings, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, I would ooh. just find like pictures and screen grabs and yeah. and post them. Conspiracy um, the boards. exhilaration <laughs> of being able to like post a picture on something like I can put the picture there and then I hit that and then I have a website now like yeah. that was that, that like blew my mind when I was younger oh, that's yeah. so oh, great God. I thought I was really advanced yeah I follow a tumblr that's just screen grabs of like home pages of old like GeoCities <laughs> and Angel Fire just to remind myself how old I am yeah <laughs> that like whenever I start like making friends with someone that's younger than me I, like that'll pop up and I'm like we can't be friends yeah that's you know, a litmus test for like oh you're too young you <laughs> there, don't know there are some sites that still exist like I, I'm I'm pretty sure the Hello My Future Girlfriend site still exists. And then oh, I don't I'll, know what that is. What? Is what that? the hell is Hello My Future Girlfriend? Oh my god. <laughs> hey guys. I wish our listeners could see how excited uh, Carolyn is. Her eyes bring, got so big. <laughs> she's teary-eyed. She's so excited to tell us about it's Hello, just like this girlfriend. picture of this little dorky boy and this voice recording that he put on, and it's like <gasps> Hello, my future girlfriend. Would you like to be my girlfriend? And and it's just like, it's like this very sincere, like, speaking to his future girlfriend site. And then there's also the the Peter Pan, the pixie guy site uh, where this guy just cosplays as Peter Pan, but like his whole life. And he's like this guy from Florida and has like a lot of pictures of him as a pixie. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And found a, a woman who dresses as Tinkerbell and got married. And it Whoa. is. Uh, I think they probably had five seasons of their own reality show on TLC. <laughs> I wish. I, I would watch. I, I would was, watch. The heck I was out of fascinated that. with this yeah. man. I was. Fa- <laughs> I think it's like Pixieland.org, but wow. Pixieland is spelled weird. But that site is still up. Uh, That's great. I, I that. really hope that most of them are gone because I don't remember the password to my like MySpace or, uh, my, Zanga. or my Zanga. Oh yeah. my god! Uh, I, your life I just, honestly, it, no, it's one I of my worst fears. That. You That's scrubbed gone. your life. I mean, I had two, and one of them I don't remember, but I didn't post anything particularly embarrassing on there. But the other one that I did, and I definitely posted <laughs> like fan fiction. I I destroyed it. Yeah. I had set it on fire. <laughs> like no. Absolutely not. I was confused. Uh, So so would you say, I mean, what's your assessment of like intersectionality and queer representation in comics now? Like how has it changed? I I think we're, we're doing better. Um, We are going back to like kids being able to do stuff. We're, Mm -hmm. we're at a time right now that is very DIY, especially in comics. Um, Because if you have access to a piece of paper, a pen and a library, you Mm -hmm. can, post your own comic not just make your own comic but post it up right Mm -hmm. there are all kinds of websites where you can put yourself up for free um and people are making their own stuff and funding their own stuff through kickstarter or doing web comics and that kind of stuff and so people are creating the content that they want to see which is fucking awesome and that's Mm -hmm. what i want i want i want to flood the market with just queer stories and brown stories Mm -hmm. and queer brown stories and yeah i I hate the word diverse because that's nonsense um Mm -hmm. More inclusive, interesting, different stories. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just really three-dimensional bored. stories, yeah. and yeah, it's 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 and it's so exciting right now because we can do that, and it doesn't have to be through a publisher. I am blessed enough to be able to be someone who has their work published um, through larger publishers. Mm-hmm. I've had things with DC, like you said, with Dark Horse Comics. I had a short in an anthology called Secret Loves of Geeks, and it's like. Um, it is a love letter to all of the girls that I've been in love with. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing! It was 
was a, it was real intense to, to write. Um, and, you know, I've, I've had almost everything I write that isn't franchise is queer and brown. So I've, I've had a lot of queer brown stories that I've been able to bring into the world. Um, but I know people who have funded and had their projects very well funded through Kickstarter and through that were able to then get their work published. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, as you started to mention, um, comics w- was a place where I saw myself long before I saw myself in other media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, long before, you know, Gina Torres was on television, mm-hmm. uh, Storm existed in a comic book, right? Um, you know, Wonder Woman, to me, <laughs> right. being Wonder, a Puerto Wonder, Wonder Woman, yeah. existed in a comic book. <laughs> Um, there were all kinds of, I, I, growing up in New York, uh, again, I'm very lucky. Um, there's a bunch of indie comics. There's a huge indie comic scene here. So you get all these really cool comics about people that were different, Mm -hmm. um, long before they, they allowed themselves to do it in TV and movies because they, they hadn't tested the waters yet, like you said. Um, and I think we've only... We've only moved forward. Mm-hmm. There's, a, again, as I mentioned before, a loud minority of people who are angry about the fact that you have more variety um, mm-hmm. and more choice in what you read, which is hilarious. But uh, them aside, people are very excited about that, about yeah. seeing that kind of thing. And so... Is it just that they want to be part of the zeitgeist or they don't want to feel like they're missing out or there's I don't too- think so. I think that people... Are they just hateful bigots? Yeah, I mean, are these... Like, I assume this, these are like white... They're, they're, they seem to be primarily cis men and uh-huh. primarily white, not all white, right. not all, not all straight, yeah. <laughs> but, but primarily cis men, primarily white men, primarily yeah. straight men. Um, I, no, I, I, y'all will understand this, but mm-hmm. like, I think that empathy is like a muscle that you have to exercise and yeah. certain groups of people are more used to exercising that muscle. Yeah. We as people that were designated female at birth have been required to put ourselves in the shoes of people uh, who were designated male at birth for mm-hmm. our entire lives, not yeah. just in real life, but also in fiction. Of course. Right? And, and across the board in fiction, genre, literary, whatever, however you categorize mm-hmm. fiction. Um, Brown people have been asked to put themselves into white people's shoes because white people are protagonists forever, for actual ever. And in fact, characters that were most likely brown over time become white (laughs) because white is the default, especially in this country, um, but in the Western world in general. Yeah. As queer people, we had to play the illest game of subtext to find ourselves in everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Just. It's just bananas how good we are at that. Like oh, yeah. queer coding and, and 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 there were people trying to help. They put stuff in there. They were like, this is as much like as little, we can do. Little like, treats for like yeah. little Easter eggs. The Bachelor, eggs. right? Yeah, or the, yeah. the the frigid woman or like whatever. Boston right. marriages are like my favorite thing that people will put into stuff. I'm like, <laughs> absolutely, it's hilarious. Like, so we are used to that. Yeah. Some people are not primarily cis men, primarily cis white men, primarily uh-huh. cis white straight men. They're not used to that. There's a level of entitlement that they don't see. Um, and, and part of it is privilege, but part of it is just real blindness. Like they just don't understand. Right. Um, and so when you are used to being serviced easily your whole life, mm-hmm. your muscle for empathy is weak. Mm-hmm. And then you're forced to look at something for a second or to learn that it exists for a second that is not for you and you don't know how to handle mm-hmm. that. And I think that's their problem. But I think that really is a small, just vocal minority because sure. most people are varying levels of empathetic and most people also just get bored seeing the same thing over and over again. And so what you find is that even if someone doesn't necessarily view me as a, as a complex three-dimensional person, they're fascinated, right? Because it's something different. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sure, if that gets you in the door and opens the world that like people like me are people just like you, then fine. Like, yeah. That's fine. And, and, and I find for the most part, it is true that like, People want new stuff. People want different stuff. People want inclusive stuff. Because watching the same rom-com is boring as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. As someone that watched a lot of television and movies as a child, it gets repetitive. Yeah. It's the same story over and over again, essentially. And yeah. it's like it, literally it, the same. It's like, weird how like different channels and companies and mediums are kind of like figuring this out at different rates. So like, you know, movies are starting to find out like, oh, like, 
movies about mm-hmm. like like Black Panther mm-hmm. and like just now figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, like, and and Wonder Woman and stuff that like like that that can actually make even more money. Mm-hmm. But then you have stuff like the Hallmark Channel where every like Christmas movie. I, is I'm just really yeah. excited to write a movie for the Hallmark Channel. Just like give me please a shot, do. <laughs> right? Just, like, right. Please. Oh my god! It's I feel like that's one where you can just drop it on the street, and I think that yeah, that's, that's how, how they, they find get it. all their scripts. Yeah, they're they're just picking stuff out of the trash can. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was reaching out, uh, or, or I was on Twitter where I live. And Me too. <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. Um, and I I I saw someone like being like, we really want different stuff, like the Hallmark book section yeah they're like we really want like own stories please yeah please pitch me own stories and so i was like hey like are you like serious and they were like yes so i was like all right i'm gonna spread this around like queer twitter twitter and 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 brown twitter and they were like please please do like right mm-hmm. now like so like you don't know maybe in 10 years we'll have a homework movie a Although you know what they do show on channels like that sometimes they show fried green tomatoes and I'm always like that's the yep. gayest that's, oh, that's, yeah. the, gayest that's the gayest movie ever that yeah. and the color purple are two of the gayest yeah. things that oh. exist in this universe and so like we sneak in there sometimes right <laughs> the color purple man I've never seen it I saw it on Broadway and oh I was yeah me too balling. yeah um it's incredible I think it's it's like one of oh, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg's first like roles or something yeah, like yeah. that uh, I can't explain to you how how important that was to tiny gay brown like Vita. Again, I should have known. <laughs> Listen, like I, I, I came out when I was 15 and I came out as soon as I realized, literally the second that I realized you came accidentally. Out at 15 That's and you've, amazing. You've said like five times I should have known too. There yeah, are yeah. so many. I grew up, I grew up in Alphabet City, which if you've seen Rent, that's that neighborhood. Like okay. that yeah. was my, like, like my, my godfather is gay. Like I, yeah. they're just my, one of my, Closest cousins get where there's just gay people everywhere. Where is Sesame Street supposed to be? <laughs> Sesame Street. No, I thought is it so, its own? I thought that was like Lower East Side, in New York. Yeah, it Sesme is. Street's New York. Really, I thought it was, thought it was like it's a, supposed to be Lower East Side, universe. which makes sense because there's like a variety of people there, and that's yeah. a, that mm-hmm. was a very like mixed neighborhood. But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, Alphabet City. Yeah, yeah, like it's super. It's a super gay neighborhood, or it was not anymore. And and and. My, my, uh, what's it called? English is failing me right now. My direct family, the mm-hmm. like, uh, they, they're very accepting. They're not tolerant. They're accepting. They're yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. I don't, we don't have time. We're hungry. Yeah. Like we, yes. we got other things to do. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't like heteronormativity is a hell of a drug. Like I had no oh, idea. Man. Um, and, and looping back to comics, um, so that I don't waste your time. Um, <laughs> I, one of the things that I is very important to me to do is to create stories that I would have needed to see as a younger person so that I would have recognized myself sooner because I was just like, holy shit. Like, Mm -hmm. again, Xena obsession, like not like low key Xena obsession, like on the fan boards. Like I saw, (laughs) like I read the fanfic, like it was like bonkers. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, how did I not know that that meant that I was gay? Every time you walk into the story, do you like the warrior cry? Oh, I can do it. I can do it. On my 12th birthday, my mom got me a replica of the Xena sword. Like I was like ride or die. That's awesome. Xena's my number one favorite character. Like she, she could come to like the cookout. Like she's, (laughs) will will you hate me if I ask you to do the Xena yell right now? I'll do it, but it's really loud. Yeah. yeah, Just go back from the mic a little bit. That's awesome. That's oh, yeah. fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Crazy. I feel, <laughs> That's the I feel best. like we have peaked as a podcast <laughs> well, at this point. Thanks for joining us yeah, for our last episode. It it's been let's fun. It <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you so oh, much. My God. I mean Great. that very sincerely. I love that. Yeah. No. yeah. Again, she's teary-eyed. <laughs> yeah. should, should I, again, I should have known. I When I was t- 12, um, that Halloween, so before Christmas, before I got the sword, I really wanted to be Xena for Halloween. Like, yeah. I was super excited about it. And, like, I got the wig. Like, mm-hmm. it was full on. I was looking for, like, a Gabrielle. And my brother rolled up on me, my younger brother. And he's the <laughs> smartest, one of the smartest human beings I know. Very, very, he's funny, but he's very dry sometimes. And he also just, like, he he doesn't say a lot, but when he says it, like, it's like, Oh God! <laughs> and he like walked up to me and he was like, "You can't be Zena." And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I got the wig." And like, what are you He's like, "You're black." And he just walked away. And I was like, <gasps> <gasps> "I threw the wig in the garbage." No. Like, I was like, "Goodbye." Like, 
Has he apologized to you for that yet? Oh, I'm sure it was revenge for something. I'm the older sibling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I definitely told you, him you there was no Santa Claus. Like, yeah. for yeah. sure. <laughs> Cena could have been black. That was just a casting call. Yeah. Well, then, like, right? the next year, like... Uh, Gina Torres was on Hercules and I yeah. was like well fuck, fuck it I'll be yeah. Gina Torres she's the greatest and she just continued to be perfect um, going forward and I was like I can just cosplay forever yeah because <laughs> yeah. I can just be her all right, we're going to wrap it up here. That was part one of a two-part episode on comics with Vita Ayala. We hope you listen in next week to hear the rest of our conversation. We have so many awesome uh, recommendations. We talk about queer characters, subtext, uh, so much great stuff. So uh, hope you enjoyed what you heard today and tune in next week. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.